Hey y'all, Ohio Crime Mom here, and I have a few quick announcements before we start. As a reminder, I'm having surgery this Friday, October the 13th, so I may not have an episode up until Sunday. This episode you will be waiting on will be the first episode of our serial killer series named Prime to Kill. Also, make sure you are in our Facebook group and watching for the post for our big Christmas giveaway. So now let's jump into our first listener suggested case, the case of Jessica Chambers. Jessica Lynn Chambers was born on February 2nd, 1995 to parents Ben and Lisa Chambers. Jessica's parents got divorced in Jessica's early childhood, but stayed very close friends. They even lived on the same street in Cortland, Mississippi. Jessica was super popular in school. She was a cheerleader and had just a charm about her. Jessica was very intelligent and wanted to be a nurse when she graduated, but all of this would come to an end on December 6th of 2014. Two men were driving down a dark back road that had very little traffic called Heron Road. As they drove down the road, they spotted a car engulfed in flames and called 911 at 8.10 p.m. Firefighters arrived and they found it strange for two reasons. One, no one was in or near the car and two, of how rural of an area it was. As they began putting out the fire, they spotted someone walking out of the woods. When they would later describe what they saw, they stated that it looked like a monster had walked out of the woods. They would soon realize it was actually a young woman who was only clothed in underwear. Her flesh looked as if it had been melting. She was in shock and kept saying, help me. EMTs kept asking her who she was, and she finally managed to whisper the word Jessica. They all realized right then that this was Jessica Chambers. When they asked her what happened to her, she replied, he sat me on fire. So they then questioned her on who sat you on fire. Everyone either heard her say Derek or Eric. But we do have to keep in mind that Jessica had been sat on fire and that meant that her lips and tongue were severely damaged. EMS were having a very hard time understanding her to begin with. Cole Haley, who was one of the firefighters on scene, still has extreme PTSD from seeing Jessica. Later on, on the stand, he would say, and I quote, She had her arms out saying, help me, help me, help me. Her hair was fried like it had been stuck in a light socket. Her face was black and her body was severely burned, end quote. Cole actually gave her a blanket to be covered up with due to her being only clothed in her underwear. And in my opinion... Kohaley is the true definition of a first responder. Jessica was then life-flighted to Regional One Health Center in nearby Memphis. She had deep thermal burns to over 98% of her body. They had found a flammable liquid had been poured down her throat and up her nose, as well as all over her body. Jessica had definitely suffered. When Jessica's mom found out, she was very confused, at first saying she had talked to Jessica just an hour before finding out she had been sat on fire. Lisa and Ben rushed to the hospital where they were told they were keeping Jessica comfortable until she would pass. Lisa let Jessica know that if she was in too much pain, she could let go and that she would get her justice. Jessica passed only seconds after her mother had told her this. 
The very next day, Jessica's keys were found by a man walking only an eighth of a mile away from the ax or from the scene of where her car was on fire. Her keys were sent off for DNA testing. Her phone had been found that night under the driver's side door, so police applied for a search warrant, but was only able to get the last 24 hours before her death. The morning of the 6th, Jessica had texted her best friend, Keisha Myers. When Keisha was, was interviewed, she stated that Jessica had picked her up at around 10.30 a.m. that day, and Jessica had Quentin Tellis in the car with her. Tellis had been in trouble for nonviolent crimes in the past, so Tellis was also interviewed and said that the three of them drove around for an hour before dropping him off at home. Quentin lived across the street from the M&M gas station. The M&M had a camera that faced at Tellus's driveway, so they obtained the footage and confirmed Tellus was dropped off at the time he said. They also saw Jessica at the store multiple times that day. On December 6, Jessica arrived home at around 12.30, where she then napped in a chair in the living room, according to her mother, Lisa. Between 4.45 and 15, Jessica received a phone call that woke her up. She then left home telling Lisa she was going to get food, clean her car out, and would be home later. She was spotted at 5.25 on camera at the M&M store, which lines up with the time that she left home. By looking at cell phone tower records, detectives could determine that Jessica had arrived in nearby Batesville at 6 p.m. She then headed back to Cortland at around 6.30. We are unsure of what Jessica did while in Batesville, but at 8 or 6.48 p.m., Lisa received a call from Jessica. Lisa said that the call was very quiet with no background noise, and this struck her as strange and just off. At 7.30 p.m., Jessica left Court Courtland and drove to Heron Road, where she would be found. While looking through her phone, they searched for a Derek or an Eric, but they couldn't find one. Police would then, then end up interviewing every Derek or Eric in the surrounding area, but was unable to connect any of them. While looking through her text, they found one that had came through just minutes before the fire was called in. This text came from Quentin Tellis. The message said, Can't hang tonight, bae. Friend coming over. Sweet dreams. When Tellis was originally interviewed, he had said nothing about having plans with Jessica for that night. Tellus was then re-interviewed and asked what his and Jessica's relationship was. Tellus admitted to them sleeping together one time in Jessica's car. So now detectives wanted to know what Tellus had done after Jessica and Keisha had dropped him off. Tellus stated that he had hung out with a few friends before heading to his sister's that evening to borrow her truck. He then said he went to Batesville and went to Fred's dollar store where he purchased a green dot card to help his girlfriend get to Cortland from Louisiana. He then says he drove back to his sister's, returned her truck, went to the M&M, and then went home to wait for his girlfriend. Tellus was seen on cameras at 8.15, just five minutes after the fire was called in at Fred's, and then a little while later at the M&M. The police then asked to search Tellus's home, where they found a shed with a dirt bike and multiple large gas jugs filled with gas. Tellus was then asked if he knew a Derek or an Eric, and he informed them of Derek Holmes. Holmes was someone that Tellus said Jessica had an issue with and that he had been stalking her and was a sex offender. Holmes had an alibi and was eventually ruled out. Rella's Wonder Crafts is a small family-owned crafting business located here in Southern Ohio. 
They make a variety of crafts from custom shirts and tumblers to decals and wreaths, plus so much more. Since 2017, they have been creating magic and happiness by bringing our, their customers and visions to life. Come take a peek into their world. You can find them on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Etsy, and TikTok. And just in time for Christmas, you can get so many great things. In August of 2015, around eight months into the investigation, detectives knew the case was going cold. They wanted to go back over the cell phone records and called in Paul Roulette. He gathered GPS locations from everyone who had been questioned and compared it against Jessica's. In October, they seen that TELUS was in Batesville at the same time as Jessica. They were on the same road at the same time and left at the same time. Due to this, they wanted to re-interview TELUS, but when they went to re-interview him, they found out that he was in prison in Monroe, Louisiana. He had been arrested three months prior for withdrawing $2,000 from, and excuse me because I know I'm going to pronounce this wrong, Ming Chen So, who went by Mandy. We will be calling her Mandy for the rest of the episode. Mandy was a foreign exchange student who was going to the University of Louisiana, but there was more than just him stealing money from Mandy. Tellus was also charged for Mandy's murder. Mandy had been stabbed 34 times and tortured to death in her apartment. The same day that she was found on August 8th was the same day that Tellus and his girlfriend were getting married. Tellus did plead guilty to stealing Mandy's debit card because he was spotted on cameras in a local Walmart with Mandy and neighbors saw him at the apartment on July 28th. A man Tellus knew claimed Tellus told him that he had stabbed Mandy until she told him her pin to her debit card. When police from Cortland did get to re-interview Tellus, he started off telling the same old story. They then confronted him with the fact that when Jessica left the M&M, their phones stayed right next to each other. Tellus then admitted to meeting Jessica at the Taco Bell parking lot. He then said he got a ride home from a guy named Big Mike. So now they questioned Big Mike. Big Mike stated that he had tickets to a game in Nashville and had attended, and this was confirmed. So Tellus had lied once again. On January 27, 2016, Tellus was interviewed again and confronted with his lies. His story changed once again. This time, he said Jessica had picked him up and they went to Batesville together. They then returned to his house and sat in the driveway. He then said Jess left at 7 p.m., but investigators knew that she had left at 7.30 p.m., thanks to those cameras at the M&M store. So now they tested the DNA on Jessica's keys, and it was a match for Tellus. So the next step was a search warrant for Tellus's phone. The texts between Tellus and Jessica were very sexual on his part, and in fact, Jessica had turned him down at least three times in the weeks prior. And on the day of her, or the day of her murder, she denied him multiple times. Tellus had also deleted all of their texts and his, her contact from his phone. When Tellus was asked why he would do that, he said, and I quote, I wasn't scared, but after we found out who it was who died there, I mean, I just deleted my contact with her because I didn't want to have a deceased person on my phone with the number in my phone that just wasn't going to be no longer used, end quote. Quentin was charged and headed to trial on October 10th of 2017. 
The best evidence the state had was cell phone evidence, camera records, and the multiple lies that Tellus had told. The state said they believed that Jessica had been raped while in Tellus's driveway, and this is why she had been naked. They believed Jessica had fought back and had been knocked unconscious. He then knew he had to dispose of her body, so he drove her car to Heron Road and sat her and her car on fire. He then ran to his sister's to borrow her truck, and while on his way there, he threw Jessica's keys and sent his alibi text. After 10 long hours of deliberation, Tellus was found not guilty of capital murder. When the judge asked if the whole jury agreed, one of the jurors stood up and said no. This would result in a mistrial. In September of 2018, Tellus went to trial again, and this one also resulted in a mistrial. Tellus is still in jail on the credit card charges and is awaiting trial for Mandy's murder. So now, um, on to our small business spotlight because that's basically how this case ends. Um, he is not able to be retried again for Jessica's murder and so the only thing we can hope for now is that he will be found guilty of Mandy's murder. So our small business spotlight is Neff's Barnwood Boutique. Neff's Barnwood Boutique is a farmhouse boutique. They are now accepting orders for Christmas. They have a very short waiting list and will have all of their orders done and delivered by December 10th. They will stop accepting orders on November 25th. They make farmhouse signs and decor and have so many options of styles on their Facebook page, but they can also make custom designs. They will soon be having a holiday candle and earring launch. And I am super excited because we have our stocking hanger coming from them. Um, they make some of the best wood signs that I've seen around. They do absolutely a fantastic job. So I will hope to see you guys all on Sunday. And until then, this has been Ohio Crime Mom. Thanks. Thanks.